Rudolfsson Baza, an Afro-optimist and impact investor. Welcome to Pamu Ube with China's podcast. As we would have had conversations in an African village, sitting under the shade of a tree, a boabab tree in this instance, this podcast is about telling stories about Africa and its people through conversations with leaders who are making an impact in their spaces. The conversations aim to inspire and grow the love for Africa as we discuss the good, the bad, the flourishing, the retrogressing, the history, the present, and the future. To start off the podcast, I'm hosting a pre-launch season dedicated to International Women's Month with the theme this year is Break the Bias. And no, this is not just a conversation for women. Tune in and find out why. With me today is Gertrude Ndere Chibwe. She's a chartered accountant and chartered development finance analyst. She has a heart in development finance, leveraging finance for the development of Africa. Welcome, Gertrude. Thank you, Janice. Thank you for having me to this amazing podcast. No, thank you for joining us. This year's theme for International Women's Day is Break the Bias. What does that mean to you? Mm, I must say I love the theme because it makes it makes one think a lot in terms of what is bias and how they might have experienced it and how they might also have contributed to it uh, unknowingly. So for me, bias means um, ensuring our environments at whatever level allow women to show up wholly or authentically as themselves without having to first break down um, gender biases or anything else that might be hindering them before they are seen for, for who they are. So I think I'll, I, if you can allow me, I'll expand more on that. A lot of women are conscious about the biases that exist there. So it even affects how a woman presents herself in a certain scenario, how you walk into a room, whether it's a meeting, whether it's the office, or your home or different environments, because you already know someone, there is this inherent bias in most people, whether it's stereotyping or it's implicit, you all, you have to sort of change or adjust your personality and your authenticity based on what, uh, what you're used to being treated. And that says a lot, Gertrude, because it almost sounds like you are remolding who you are to suit an environment, perhaps as a means of negating the bias that you have experienced. Definitely, um, Janice. And, uh, and for me, it's a big thing because especially the issue of women personalities, you will notice that in many, you might have experienced it, that in work environments, women personalities are questioned so much more uh, as compared to men. A man can show up with his true personality. If he's a vibrant guy, he can show up vibrant. If he's a quiet guy, he can show up as a quiet guy. If he's a strict boss, he can show up just who he is. But as a woman, there are certain personalities that are perceived certain ways. Mm. For example, I am naturally uh, a lively sort of uh, person. I love being happy and exuding that energy. Yeah. But you will see that in some corporate environments or even non-corporate environments, 
that sort of personality is perceived as, oh, she's not serious. Mm-hmm. And other men will be like, oh, I think she's a good catch because she's free, she's always laughing, she's happy. <laughs> you know, but if a guy shows up with that sort of personality, everyone is, oh, he's such a cool guy. So what that does is it stifles one's creativity, you know, and showing up authentically as who they are in an environment. And that also robs an environment of one's contribution, the contribution a woman could bring because she has to sort of present herself in a certain way. Thank you, Gertrude. That is an amazing interpretation, which for me, I find a bit sad because you then tend to lose the value of having that woman in the room if they have to change who they are. You've had a very rich career in different environments. Um, How has your perception of gender bias evolved as time has progressed? Sure, Um, yes, my perception of gender bias has has definitely evolved um, over time. And for me, this is because I was raised in a household where gender was not an issue. My mother didn't differentiate between my brother and I. And we did, we both did the same tasks in the house. And there was no separation of that. And for me, my mother was a big instrument in in terms of how I viewed gender as a child and then growing up into my adult years. My mother was a war veteran, so in her own right, she was from the get-go, not your not your average woman in terms of what she could do or handle or what she had witnessed as a person. Mm-hmm. And uh, because she was actually widowed at a very young age, she was widowed when she was when I was two. Oh. So she was pretty young uh, when when we lost my dad. But she got she then got to raise us by herself and she refused, you know, in our culture back then in the early 80s, if your husband passed away, um, his, his brothers could have the right to sort of inherit you, you know, what we call Kugaranak. Yes. And so my mother was very young. She was probably around 22 when, when my dad passed on. And she got the option to, uh, to be inherited by one of my dad's brothers. Mm. And they were very eager, you know, to do this because she was beautiful. Sorry for the digression, but <laughs> this is the context. <laughs> Important. But then she refused. She refused to get inherited and uh, and it caused a lot of stir and backlash, you know, in, in my family from my dad's side yeah. uh, because this meant that she was willing to raise us on her own, my brother and I on her own. And in the early 80s, this was not, you know, this was not the norm in our culture. Uh, So right from the get-go, my mother was was not one for sticking to bias, cultural norms and gender bias. And because we didn't have much support from my dad's family, it meant she raised us all on her own and she worked to do this. So that I think it also spoke to then how she raised me uh, with my brother, that oh, there were no tasks that way for the girl, for the guy, for the boy. We did everything around the house. Um, so for me, I never grew up with the notion that I'm a girl and there are certain things that I can't do or things I have to do because I am a girl. Right. 
And this was most of my childhood. And it spoke to even how I was able to dress in whatever I wanted. And in the early 80s, that was a big thing. And uh, this for me uh, also taught me to grow up as a free spirit, that I could I aspire to be anything, you know, to be who I want to be. And gender was a non-issue for me. Hmm. And as you grow up in society, you know, starts getting its influence on you. High school was the biggest wake-up call, obviously, when you are taught the differences between girls and boys, what boys can do, what girls can't do. Mm. And the teachers also bring in their biases into the whole mix in how they teach you and all that. But um, my biggest, I think, change came at the middle to senior management level in my life, Mm. my career. That's when I realized as you go up the ladder, there are more fewer and fewer women are sitting in the management meetings. Hmm. And you are the youngest woman, the youngest person, and you are also the only woman there. And uh, a lot of boys club settings are there also. And, um, and then even networking for career growth. You know, when you're a woman, I've learned this the hard way that Networking is different for you. The way men can quickly and easily network. If you're a woman and you want to network across the sexes, yeah, it's a different ballgame. Right. Because there's a lot of bias that goes on, especially on the men's side, in terms of what a woman can and can't do, what scenarios you can network in, or what she can't. Mm. And um, and for me, that that has been the biggest. Um, I think evolution at this stage that even the networking for women is different. Even uh, when you get to the senior management, chances are you are the only woman there. As you say, a very big wake up call when you then try and maneuver and uh, tip dance to all these kinds of scenarios. Now the WEF, Global Gender Report for 2021 says that it'll take 136 years to close the overall global gender gap. What can we do to shorten that gap quicker? Yes, um, I I must say it's a very depressing gap. And we've also, though, we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. I guess that's what that means. Yeah. And um, for me, the key thing that comes to mind is how everyone plays a role in whatever scenario they are, whether they are in the house, whether you're at work, at school, you know, everyone has a role to advocate, to educate, and to set an example in terms of what, um, what gender bias is and how we can lessen that, we can reduce the gap, mm. you know, especially in the home environment. I've seen that. Uh, children who are brought up in a certain way continue to be adults that have those same beliefs, you know, so the home environment should not be negated. And uh, obviously, there's so much more that can be done at national and international level. And if you're managing an organization, uh, there's a lot you can do about gender balance and diversity in the boardrooms, the pay gaps, microaggression, stereotypes, and implicit bias. So even in reporting as an organization, if you know you are responsible for, for integrated reporting, you know, take it upon yourself, the organization, to report 
on, on issues of gender diversity, you know, and gender pay gaps, you know, make it your mission to, to be responsible for that. And, and I think the other thing is always question, not necessarily someone's actions, but your own action as a woman, as a man, whoever you are, always question, is this a bias that I have gotten while I was young from my culture or from society? Is this a stereotype of a woman, you know, or is it, um, would I treat a man any differently? And if so, why? So there's always that, um, that call to always question your thinking and somebody else's maybe behavior and thinking. Thank you for that, Gertrude. And it makes me wonder, and I'm gonna go a little bit personal here, but what have you done to maneuver this bias within your environment? And as a leader in your environment, have you also managed to institute any particular initiatives in order to try and bridge this gap? I think earlier on, I alluded that, you know, this gender, the gender bias uh, war, you fight it every day on different streets, different scenarios and situations. And um, as you were asking, I just thought of, of one example that I'd also like to share. And it, it's, it's gender bias, but this one is actually coming from, from the male counterparts. You know, there was a guy in, a, in my workplace who had just had a baby and the baby was not feeling well. And he was, he was a married man. And his boss, who was my fellow, uh, we're at the same level, so he was my fellow colleague. He was the boss to this guy. And the guy would always ask for time, you know, like he'd always ask to go and check on his daughter. She was in the hospital and she wasn't feeling well. And sometimes he would say, I can't come tomorrow because my daughter is not feeling well. Yeah. And his boss, my colleague's goals like, uh, but you are the man. Why don't you let your wife handle this? Wow. You know, she's the woman. And I looked at him and I'm like, but why do you think it's a woman's job to take yeah. care of a child when, when the child is not feeling well? You know, and um, and then it's like, I know, but those are those are women issues. And I'm like, no, so that is also being a father. You know, mm. you're both parents. And and for me, it was daily calling out of such biases and responses to the work environment. Mm. And uh, and for, for him, it was normal. That's how he was raised. That's how he also acts in his own household. So for him, it was the normal way to do things. And, uh, but so it, for me, it's been this continuous calling out of such behavior, but also in many instances, I've learned that because people have grown up with maybe their own uh, biases, cultural and social norms, especially when you're in different settings from home, mm -hmm. or maybe when you visit other African countries. And I have worked with, with men who are very cultural, you know, who have been raised patriarchal, in a patriarchal environment. Yeah. And, and you, you know that it's not one way that's going to change their views about how they, they look at these issues, but it's how you, how you relate to them that can change right. how they feel it. So it's, it speaks to how you also present yourself professionally and how you also you present your work and how you try and also understand them, you know, where they're coming from. And then you probe questions 
and you discuss, you have honest discussions about yeah. their hopes and expectations because this time people also have daughters and wives at home mm -hmm. and they want the best for their daughters. So you you learn to, to use emotional intelligence in how you address some situations where you know that uh, it's not one word or two words that are gonna change someone's perspective, but you, you relate to them at their level and you learn to take it as a teaching moment so you take it with grace, you know, and with humility also. What you're saying is sometimes you have to play the cards that you've been dealt. And it's in learning, I always use the phrase, it's learning to play the game. So given the cards you've been dealt, how do you play those in order to push the change that you want to see at the end of the day. Gertrude, it was an absolute pleasure hosting you today. You shared a lot of pearls of wisdom. Those who have ears have heard. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Janice. If you would like to contact Gertrude and hear more about what she does, we've added a link to her LinkedIn profile together with this podcast for you so you don't miss any of the sessions subscribe to the podcast and you'll be the first one to know as soon as one is uploaded leave a rating and review would really love to hear from you if you have any questions that you want us to cover during this month of march please do email me at janice at pamouyu.com see you soon <laughs>